Welcome to Eating Too Much with Tiff and Mandy. We are two lonely mouthed former chefs who love and are puzzled by and love food. But mostly love. I love them and are puzzled by. <laughs> I don't know. Like once we took the hate out, I'm like, I don't want to put it back in. It's not the right word. It's not the right word. And are puzzled by seems just about us. So <laughs> yes, yes. Of course, I, we're one minute in and my child is screaming at YouTube. Well, that happens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the screaming. The screaming. It's real life, people. <laughs> oh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I um I um have kind of created a little uh a little sound cave for myself cuz there was um is he okay? <laughs> yeah, you heard that? I like I'm so I'm like so triggered right now. Oh my gosh, and just yesterday, he goes through phases and so he's been good for I would say probably a few weeks and then starting yesterday, he just got like he gets super amped up and then he just it's just how he's reacting and it's like he's screaming. It's not even anger, it could just be surprise or it could be anger like something's not working how he wants it to and it's like and I was thinking about this is literally how he was born. Like he came out and he was like quiet and then his first cry was literally like, ah! like he's silent, silent, silent for like a minute looking around. And then he opened his mouth and it was just like, and he screamed for like two minutes. He's like, this is not where I just was. Right. Or he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not fine. I can and that's that. just, that's just, yeah. And I mean, I, I guess it's good that he doesn't keep it in. Yeah. No, that's probably a much healthier expression than not. Oh, and there's a siren. You can hear that. Okay. <laughs> so there's been a lot of sirens going on. Um, yesterday, actually, we had um, at about 6, 10 in the morning, I woke up to an explosion. And what? And I was like, the fuck was that? And then there was a second explosion that I was like fully awake for because I was like, maybe the first explosion was just in my dream or like a much smaller right. sound, but became something different in my half sleepy state. I mean, I was yeah. I was asleep. It was six in the morning on a Sunday. But <laughs> then the second one happened and then everything just went dead silent. Our, our fans stopped. Our, the power went out. Yeah. So, um about i'd say six months or it was like pre-pandemic there was a, a power outage because of um, one of the apartment buildings on our on our block um, yeah their complex had a transformer blow and it was like i was gonna say yeah. transformer and so come to find out yesterday it was two like massive city hubs that blew and they don't know if like one triggered the other one but it took out like Whoa. everything from I think past Broadway to the south, past mm -hmm. Montana to the north, I think all the way up to all Whoa. of them. Yeah. And from Ocean Avenue all the way up to 12th. Wow. Yeah. But. So all the rich motherfuckers. <laughs> right. <laughs> and some of the not so because that included like that that includes the the two like um the two low income buildings like a block and a half up that are filled with okay. old people and we're okay. like holy shit i hope nobody's like right oxygen yeah. machines um 
thankfully our little piece of the block was restored about an hour and a half later and all i was thinking in my head was we just spent like stella's food is absurdly expensive um because she's yeah. allergic to everything oh, no. they both get yeah. fresh frozen food but i save 144 dollars a month by buying it by the case <laughs> so, there you go saturday Two days ago, the day before the power outage, I had just purchased an entire case. And so that's what our whole freezer is right now. So I was like, damn, you cannot open the door. She's like, but I'm going to want my coffee in like an hour. I'm like, you just need to suck it up. I will go buy you coffee elsewhere. Like you cannot like open any, no freezer, no refrigerator. Like do not touch it. I know. My first thought would be Wi-Fi followed very quickly by, oh my God, refrigerator, freezer. So my first thought was, oh, at least it's not so hot. Because we didn't even have the window unit on. We just had like all our windows open and some fans going. Nice. It was very comfortable. Then that happened. Yeah. Yeah. But when uh, I lived in Santa Monica, we I was like, oh my gosh, really pregnant with Ian and a transformer blew in the middle of the night. And it wasn't so much the sound as um, the light Mm -hmm. because it was right outside of our building. So I literally was like the aliens. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a creepy neon bright glow. It was like, and it, yeah. And it was like middle of the day bright. I didn't see any of these, but I, I've seen it before. Um, I saw one when I was um, running a hotel property, one of the ones out in the desert and um this poor kitty cat had gone up inside um where there was kind of like a mesh um barrier that had been pried open or chewed open or whatever and this little cat got in and went in for warmth and literally when he stepped from one piece of the transformer to the other he connected it and like blew out two city blocks and they found this crispy cat (laughs) yeah and, uh, oh. but that one I saw like out my office window and I was like, holy shit, what just happened? You know? Yeah. It's real crazy. It's real crazy. Yeah. Thankfully for us, the power was on, like after I was laying there panicking about what I was going to do with all this food, I like had a plan. I had all this stuff like mapped out in my head <laughs> what to do. And, um, at about seven twenty, seven thirty in the morning before I like actually I decided to get out of bed. Yeah. All the lights came up. Thank God. Thank God. I love that feeling. That's like waking up from a bad dream and it's a dream. You're like, okay. And it was like before okay. I started physically dealing with it. Like I had mentally right. <laughs> like panicking yeah. and trying to come to a solution. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I don't know wow. if what they're doing outside my window today is part of fixing some of sure. this. Um, I know yeah. that they fixed our piece, um, like I said, like an hour after it happened. And then um, some other people got power back about four hours after it happened. I don't know if that was everybody, but um, that's just from the couple of people here and there that I talked to that I know, you know, from walking the girls and stuff. Yeah. But man, not a good time. Never a dull moment. Right? And And how's the air quality? Oh, well, you know, I just say it's hazy as fuck. It's about as smoggy yeah. as I remember it being as a kid. Okay. But I don't smell smoke or see ash or anything. I, yeah. yeah. It's not anywhere near. Like I visited my parents and on Friday afternoon in Pasadena, they're in East Pasadena and visited my grandma in Arcadia. And they are each about um, one and two miles perspectively 
um, from the edge of the evacuation zone at the time. Um, okay. So they're close enough that my mom sees smoke constantly and they get like this constant slow snowfall of ash. <laughs> wow. But, um, it's that, uh, it's that, what are they calling it? I keep wanting to call it the bonobo fires, but I feel like that's not right. Cause it's, that's just, a monkey. I don't know. That's a monkey. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a monkey. That's a monkey. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's same here. I, I really haven't smelled smoke. It's just hazy. It's getting less hazy, but honestly, like I don't mind the haze because it makes the sun less bright. Yeah, but it makes it like creepy. Like we're looking and I feel like I'm going to look the other way and see another sun or something like out of Star Wars. Yeah. It's Yeah, I like I like it. I like the creep. I like the creep factor. <laughs> Anytime it's not bright and sunny, I'm like, "Thank you. Right. Thank you clouds. Thank right. you smoke. Thank you smog, like whatever." I just it's... I just <laughs> get the sun away from it's me. Something between me and the sun. Exactly. Yeah. If only it wasn't, you know, <laughs> causing all kinds of destruction in the meantime. Yes. Um, yeah, so yes. biggest fires. That's what's going on. Yep. How's uh that's the how's everything else going? How's oh, how's Ian and school? Yeah. School? Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, in the in the category of how's our pandemic, we've had a major sort of family life change, even though it's like not from the outside, it might not look very different, but from the inside, it feels very different. So basically, we've thought about homeschooling Ian's the whole time since before even kindergarten. Like he went to a really amazing, like hippie preschool where the ratio of teacher to student was four to one. Wow. And it was an outdoor classroom and it was based on um, the kids' um, interests. You know, so if they wanted to sit and draw, they could. If they wanted to build, they could. If they wanted to use water, they could. If they wanted to learn how to use tools like hammers and nails, you know, obviously with supervision, but they could do that. Oh, and so I feel like we, I feel like we set the bar really high yeah. for ourselves. And and I even knew that at the time. I was like, we're going to be in trouble because we're going to go to like regular school and be like, I, I hate this, right? And, but obviously we didn't want to put that experience on Ian and then, but yeah, he's never liked regular school. Like he still talks about his preschool, Aww. regular school. I think, I think it's a number of issues. I think, um, he's got sensory stuff. And so, um, just this sort of chaos of school is a lot for him. Yeah. Noise is a lot for him. A lot of kids in a small space mm -hmm. is a lot for him. And, you know, by no means is he like Mr. Like rule follower, like right, right. people pleaser for the teacher. But so he, he gets, he gets in trouble, um, plenty on his own. And it's mainly from talking when he's not supposed to be talking, mm -hmm. um, socializing like that kind of stuff. The same shit that I got in trouble for as did Evan, but, um, he would get really stressed out when like other kids would get in trouble. So just a lot of stress. Like yeah. I just noticed that. And, um, and so, so school has never been great academically. It's been fine, but also academically he's, um, he's just not very engaged. He's like, I don't want to read this. Why do I have to read this? Why can't I read something else? Just like stuff yeah. like that, but his grades are always fine. And so I really think this year going into distance learning, we really saw that the only thing that was sort of getting him through the curriculum was that he could see his friends. Yeah. And as soon as that part was taken away, 
it was just a real struggle and he was having panic attacks, a lot of tears, a lot of running out of the room. Um, and then just talking about being depressed, talking about like dark shit, like wanting to hurt himself. Just and for just a reference point really... for some people that may not know, Ian's nine. Yeah. Yeah. He's nine and a half. He's going, he's in fourth grade. So, you know, so sort of the balance of where his mental health seemed to be. And then also just the chaos of schooling right now. It really felt like we can't fuck this up. Like, let's just try. Yeah. Let's just see. And so like, where's, we, the, there's, where's the downside? Really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, the downside would be, I guess, that somehow it's like a, a colossal failure and he ends up going back into the school system and he might have some catch up to do like that. That would be the worst case scenario. And like, I'm fine that's with that. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what it is, then like I accept that. Mm-hmm. But um, for the um, potential so, good, it's worth it. A thousand percent. Yeah. 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 So um, so because I've thought about it for a long time, I, I, I kind of knew something. So sort of how homeschool works, at least in the state of California, is there's sort of two tracks. You can either go like a homeschool charter, which is an accredited school, but it's you you learn from home or some of them are like you learn from home part time and you would, you know, you go in a couple of days a week or something like that. But obviously none of that's happening right now anyways. But the accredited schools, there's sort of a pros and cons. The, pro, the big pro is that you can get funds from the state to pay for books and classes and online resources and stuff like that. The con is that there's a lot less flexibility in terms of curriculum and he he's state tested, which that's not a huge deal for us. Okay. But um but um what like periodically, annually? Is that like a I, I'm not sure how often it is. I know that it's annually. I don't know if it's like several times a year or just one time a year. Got it. Um so that's sort of how charters work. Now the charters, because of the pandemic, are all super, super full. And so we're just, we're doing the old school homeschool, which is basically you file an affidavit that just says, we're a school. And we literally like, we name our school and like, here's our, it's just a way to tell the state, our kids at home, we haven't, we haven't figured it out yet. So TBD, because we, um, you can only file the affidavit in the beginning of October. There's like a two week period. So we're going to be filling that out in a couple of weeks. And then, um, and then you just keep track of what we do. So what our, you know, so we're making our own curriculum basically. And then, and so you keep track of what what he does, and we. This is so funny. You keep an attendance log, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he lives here. So, but uh, what I'm doing is I'm just literally like pen and paper, like mm-hmm. March, you know, like September 14th, like today we are um, making donuts for science. Cut science. <laughs> Cause science, well, you know, we're looking at the chemical reactions of like baking powder, you know, uh, we're talking about that. We're talking about, um, why you add, you know, uh, dry to wet instead of wet to dry. We're talking about proofing. Wait, why do you, um, why do you add dry to wet? You, uh, you add dry to wet instead of wet to dry, just because it, it's basically just, it's the same answer about just not wanting to overdevelop the gluten. Oh, got it. In the flour. So if you add the wet to the dry, I'm sure you've done this before, right? Then you get all those crazy balls yeah. of flour because the wet sort out. of like coats the flour. Yeah. So, um, and then we're going to be, you know, boiling oil or, you know, cooking with oil. So we're going to use the thermometer and talk about Celsius and Fahrenheit and all that good stuff. So I would say that, 
you know, making donuts constitutes as a science experiment. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I can get behind that. Um, can I submit caramels as one? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Because I'm sort of afraid of candy thermometers. And so this is making me um, conquer it's, that fear. It's a good fear to have. <laughs> it can tell you from some sugar burns I've gotten. Actually, maybe, maybe making caramels isn't a good idea for <laughs> school. Well, he wanted to make Pop Rocks. That was the initial one. You can make then, Pop I think Rocks? We, yeah. Do you need some kind of special yeah. powders? C- citric acid. Okay. Yeah. I forget what the other ingredients are. But that's like, that was the, that was really the only funky one. So I used I think to this... have citric acid in my kit food styling because it, you know, oh. kept things not brown. Right. And you buy it right. in a little jar next to the, the jamming stuff. That's what I figured it'd be with the canning yeah. and jam stuff. So, um, but then, you know, of course we're on a site and then another video pops up for donuts and he's like, let's make donuts. And I was like, that's fine. That works. Yeah. It's actually less sugar than Pop Rocks. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause the donut dough is actually not you know, crazy sugary. It's, you know, and then the glaze, the glaze but yeah. how much glaze can you put on a donut? I guess we'll find out. I'm sure Ian will maximize the glaze. Well, the hotter you glaze them, the less sticks. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I've never, I've never deep fried at home. I've only done it in culinary school. Oh, okay. So this is going to be interesting. If they turn out well, then I'll put this, I'll maybe it'll be the last morsel for next time. And I'll post the recipe. I can't wait. Or or making challenge, but that's that's quite a challenge. <laughs> I'm like, what am I going to do with the oil after I fry? That's the thing that I I never know how to dispose of oil properly. So what I um, usually do if I need a situation where I'm deep frying, but it's something like dough or something that will sink for a second, but then float generally. Yeah. You don't need it yeah. to be deeper than like three three and a half inches, and do it in okay. a whitish pan like a you know like a saute pan but with a little higher side you know what I mean okay you can do it in a yeah you could do it in a in a brazier or something like that I use cast iron because it keeps the heat level um even even. yeah and then when you're done just let it cool completely and put it back in the bottle that you poured it out of I mean unless you're not using the whole bottle right okay yeah I didn't get a huge bottle so you'll- it called for like four cups. Now it's interesting because I have a, it, it calls for a thermometer. Do you use a thermometer when you do your oil to make sure it's at the right temp? I more look at how the thing is that I like do a little test glob and see yeah. how that goes. Cause I feel like that tells me more than, I mean, right. I also don't own like a candy thermometer or an oil thermometer, something you can just leave in there. So, yeah. um, I mean, if I were deep frying right. with any regularity, I would. I have one. But... I'll try it for the sake of science because then we can talk about, you know, it reaching the right temperature and all that good stuff. Don't forget that it gets really hot too. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to we're gonna do it and then we're just going to leave it alone for, we're going to take it off the heat and leave it alone for a good long time before. Yeah, one time I tried to re-bottle oil that was just a little too warm and it like first sucked and shrunk the plastic bottle as it was going into it it. yeah yeah and then the worst part it like actually made a hole made a hole and there was hot oil everywhere oh what a mess there was a subsequent grease fire (laughs) oh jesus it was not pretty but 
Needless to say, I've never done that again. We saw this. We saw this experiment where you take a ball jar and you put the metal lid on top. There must have been a hole in it, and you put rubbing alcohol in it, mm-hmm. and then you take an aim flame. Oh jeez! And you like set it on fire. And that's what he initially wanted to do. And I was like, okay, we can do that with your dad, like with everyone wearing a hazmat suit. You know what? <laughs> like, if you have a shield, that's probably enough. Like one of the pandemic shields, you know? I don't have one. Oh, I don't either. I don't have, one. have you seen that mm-hmm. one where someone puts on their hoodie and like puts a glass pot lid in the front <laughs> and like cinches the hoodie around it? No, but that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing oh my God, i gotta find that picture i'll send it to you oh my gosh so yeah so anyways unschooling the last thing i'll say is you know we we we've watched a number of documentaries and i've read a number of blogs and it's just the idea b- behind unschooling is really to just let the kids interest lead what they're gonna what they're gonna learn about and what's really cool they interviewed i've seen a lot of interviews with kids that were raised with this kind of schooling. And then they're like, and then I, you know, like one, one girl um, decided she wanted to be a car mechanic and she figured that out at like 16. And then she, and now she's like one of the best car mechanics like in America because she had all this time to devote to this one thing. And then through learning all about that, she learns math and she learns physics and she learns, um, and then there was another guy who decided that he wanted to be an engineer. And when it came time, like, so he's like 17. He's like, I want to be an engineer. And then he, he did have some catch up to do, but all the catch up looked like was going to a junior college before the, the college where he wanted to get his engineering degree. And, you know, he got his prerequisites and he had to take a couple extra courses or he needed some tutoring just to catch up on like some basics. But to me, it makes so much more sense in my brain. Yeah to let young people pursue what they want to pursue. And then when they, because I feel like, wouldn't that, isn't that a faster way to get to what your passion is? And then once you're, once you know what your passion is, then it's like, okay, if that includes needing a medical degree or something like that, then it's like, then that, that person has the motivation to Mm -hmm. sit at a desk and do all the boring shit because there's an end goal there. It seems really weird to me that starting at five years old, we basically put kids in mini colleges and we're like, sit, sit and sit and sit and sit mm-hmm. and listen and listen and listen and listen and worksheet, 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 worksheet in the driest, most uninteresting way possible. And then they do that for 12 years. And then we say to them, don't you want to pay for more of this for four to eight to 12 years? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean... The only thing that, I mean, that all makes a lot more sense to me than how it is just because that's how it's always been. Right. But the only thing I'll say to that is having been a kid that went from a Montessori program to a prep school and then to college, like I, I have to say the way that my school taught me to learn, it like wasn't about the content. It was about like, how do I make it so that I can understand this stuff and use it and actually absorb it in a way that when I don't have all this structure that I can still do it. That would be my only thing that like, if the kid that followed his interests and everything 
went on to need a biochemistry degree, then had an exponentially harder time sitting at a desk right. learning in a lecture right. format, learning with right. labs, you know? Like, right, right. But I mean, like, you know, that's a... Yeah, that's no, a I get that. I mean, that's... Still for you guys. Well, yeah, well, but that's honestly one of our goals, though, is for him to understand how he learns, because he definitely... Yeah. I don't think he, I think he's very, and I think most people are more kinesthetic learners, but like a friend of mine who she's getting her teaching um, credential right now. And she spent a lot of time with him and she's like, he's the one of the most kinesthetic learners I've ever what seen. What does that mean? She, it means he learns by doing. Okay. Like if you're, if, if, if he's sitting and he's trying to just listen, like, first of all, his body is very busy. Like yeah, his yeah. body is always, always moving unless he's hundred percent engaged in what's happening. And usually, like, for instance, he will, he'll build on Minecraft. And while he's building on Minecraft, he's listening to an audiobook. So he's doing, but then I'll ask him, what did you listen to? And he'll, he remembers it. Mm-hmm. And even like when he's watching TV, like, so right now for history, we're watching. <laughs> Please say drunk so history. history. Please say drunk history. No. Oh my God. No, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um no, we're watching. It's called High Score on Netflix, and it's um, it's I've it's video it. game history. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the uh, previews. I haven't watched the show. And so, but... even when he watches TV, he like walks back and forth. Sometimes he runs, and it seems like he's not paying attention. But then you ask him what happens, and he tells you everything. You know what? You so... saying that just totally flashback to when I don't know where you were or what you guys were doing, but I was watching him, and it, this was like baby Ian, like old enough to run around not old enough that i understood what he was trying to tell right. me all the time maybe like maybe two or something yeah and it was a curious george phase and i a hundred percent thought he was no longer interested and changed the channel and he yeah. like flipped out and was like you know <laughs> and i was like oh he was watching and i flipped right. it back and he was right. fine but it's like he was doing shit like the whole right. time yeah yeah as opposed to you yeah. know like my little brother, he used to just sit there and like as a child, a young, young baby that couldn't yet support himself sitting up, we would prop pillows behind him. He would literally <laughs> watch the three tenors PBS special Aww. and ask for it by saying, Rati, Rati for Pavarotti. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. And you would think that the kid would fall asleep, but he would just right. sit there and like watch the tires it was like 90 minutes long or some shit and then one of the first things he was allowed to do um and then thank god we didn't have to do it every time was eject the tape it was a vhs tape and put it in a little yeah. race car that rewound it and then put it back yeah. in and watched it again and and that was something wow. that he learned to do and i mean this tape was so worn by the time he was doing that but yeah, like that was one of the first things that I can remember him like being so absorbed in. But that's like the yeah. polar opposite. You know? Yeah. And some kids are, are total observers like that. Yeah. And Ian's like, yeah, his body's just it's not always moving, but pretty much. But I totally get that piece. Um, kinesthetic learner. I'm a kinesthetic learner. I'm always like, just show me. Like if somebody's trying to I think most people are. to me, just show me. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. 
Or if you're going to explain it to me, you have to explain one thing and then I need to do it. And then you need to explain, like, that's one of the things that Evan and I have a challenge with when he's trying to teach me something. Right. Is he wants to explain the whole thing because that's how he learns. And I'm like, you lost me after five words. I need you to give me five words and then I'm going to practice it. And then I'm going to say, okay, good. And now I'm going to give you five more words and then I'm going to practice it. Do you read the whole recipe when you're making something new? Yeah, but I think that's just one of my comfort zones. Got it. You know, and, and also too, like with recipes, I'm like, I'll read through and I'll go, okay, I don't have to do that. And I'm going to do this instead of that. And, and it's just because of practice. Yeah. So I, I know yeah. how I can manipulate it too. Yeah, definitely being super comfortable with what you can actually do with it. That yeah. makes sense. What about you? Do you read the whole recipe? I really should more often than I do, but I, in the, in the interest of time saving, I usually like skim it and then, um, just to make sure I have what I need, but I never yeah. properly meze. I never like pre-chop everything because I'm like fast enough where I'm like, if I just get the the meat in the pan, I can chop the onion and the yeah. herbs and whatever and go as it needs to be added. Okay. Um, sometimes that gets me into a bind where it's like, now in the shallow dish, I'm like, what shallow dish? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All my stuff's in one dish. What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's it's rarely something that can't be remedied or modified at that point. And again, it's Absolutely. like to your point, it's definitely my comfort zone, you know. I'm very methodical in the kitchen, though. I have to clean the whole kitchen before I start a dish. So the whole kitchen's clean, and then I always get out all the ingredients. Oh, that's brilliant. And then I can start. Um, I used to be more like that. I have since become very much like take out what I need for the first part, do it, and mm. then I clean as I go as well as put away as I go. I think just because our too. kitchen's so fucking small. Yeah. And um, the only thing that I definitively do 99.9% .9 of the time before I start to cook is clear the dish rack. Yep. Because absolutely, cause it's only Me so too. tiny. Do you, do you meal prep? Nope. Okay. So you just sort of cook every day? Like, this is what we're having for dinner? I sure do. Um, I that do, is amazing. I mentally meal prep a little bit sometimes with Tam, only because we've been actually trying to budget grocery shopping um, in the last couple months. Um, and so we have like a whiteboard um, with seven, you know, days of the week laid out um, in the kitchen. And it's cute. It says like, Motivational Monday, um, Taco Tuesday, Hump Day Wednesday. It's got like all these things on it. Um, we just will write in like what we think we want for dinner. Um, and mm -hmm. that way it, cause it was kind of one of those things where we, if we had enough stuff in the house and I asked Tam what she wants for dinner, she will like come up with something like different every 40 minutes. And it was driving yes. me insane. I was like, no, I'm not a fucking restaurant. Like, this isn't going right. to work like this. Like, at first I was like, I can do that. It's only a little bit more work if I, you know, already started this. But, oh, well, you know. But now yeah. it's very much just here's the things we have. I'm going to use half the onion that I used for the chili or whatever. And then that's going to go into my beans tomorrow. So perfect. I'm just going to dice it all up and then I'll put half in a Ziploc bag. Like that's what the kind of prep, if you can call it that, that I do. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty. 
that's the beauty of a long-term relationship. I just realized, and just, just you, just you saying this too, really cemented it for me. I used to do the same thing. I'd be like, what do you want for dinner? And then he would say, what do we have? And then I'd want to murder mm-hmm. him. And I realized that was my problem. I was shooting myself in the foot because now more and more, I'm like, here's dinner. And there's almost and he says, never any, yeah, there's like never anything but cool, no. thanks. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, he'll be like, I've had so much chicken. And I'm like, okay, next meal, I'll make sure it's not chicken. But Tam's pretty good at, same at voicing if she's like, I feel like we've eaten a lot of chicken this week or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, Evan too. I'm pretty, I, I could eat the same thing multiple days and just be happy if it's something that I really like to eat. Tam hates eating the same meal twice. It took a lot of training to be able to send lunch that was dinner leftovers. Okay. Because she was like, I just yep. had this. I'm like, too bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Evan's the same way. Isn't it funny that the people that cook all the time are the ones that like, yeah, I could make like a big pot of lentil soup and I could just eat that. Mm-hmm. I could just eat that every day. Like not for every meal, but I could eat that for dinner until it's gone Yeah, and be perfectly happy. It's like not a thing for me. That's what yeah, I used to do with my, I did the something different turkey, turkey chili that I make. That's like an Instapot yeah. recipe. And it's like a yeah. turkey chili verde. And one day I made it and Tam's like, we've had this every week. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. We love it. <laughs> and she's like, I can't eat it again. I'm like, okay. And I ended up eating the entire batch over like the week um, mm-hmm. by myself. Like she did not have a single portion of it. That doesn't happen often. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. And I'm so like not wanting to waste that kind of thing, like where there's literally nothing wrong with it. So um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Speaking of chicken, <laughs> there is chicken in this episode. There's so much chicken in this episode. Yeah. Taste the Nation. Taste the nation. Yes. Episode three. Is it called Don't Mind If I Dosa or is that what you mean? <laughs> That's adorable. It is. It is called Don't Mind If I Dosa. Oh. Okay. That's very cheeky for Padma. It is very cheeky for Padma. And I had to look it up again because I was like, I think it's called Don't Mind If I Dosa. But then I was like, that doesn't really sound like a Padma no. title. It sounds more like you. <laughs> so like I went you back actually. Writer. I went back this morning before we, um, when I was just going over our notes for this episode. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's absolutely called that. <laughs> so it's Indian yes. food. It's Indian food. Food of her people. And yep. And you have so many beautiful notes. So what I want, but I want to hear how do you feel about Indian food? I love Indian food. I used to hate Indian food. I love Indian food now. What made you, what, how did that change? Um, Exposure, I think. Yeah. I think that I had tried maybe one or two kinds of shitty Indian food that happened to be something that I did not like. Yeah. That was, I don't know, like someone's leftover somewhere. And I was like, Oh, I mean, it's fine, but I'm I'm not going to order it. Yeah. I never craved Indian food. I never, but then as like a full fledged grown up human, I, um, came across this place that kept sending me their menus and I was like this picture looks amazing like and it's um I want to say it's Tandoor India on Pico oh that was our spot was that it? is so funny 
Yes. It's like Pico and 18th yep, or something. That's it. On the right side of the street. That's I know exactly right. what you're talking about. That's that was right. our spot. That was our that was our date night, like Indian go-to place. Oh no, wait. So I've never eaten in the restaurant, even like pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah, I only to. ever got takeout. Or I even okay. carried out a couple times. I've just never eaten there for whatever reason. <laughs> Well, I guess we would eat there and I don't know why. Probably just to get out of the house. It's nothing special. No, it's like in a, you know, like a little strip mall. It's a sweet little, yeah, it's just like a sweet little family run yeah. joint. Yeah, and their food is so consistent and beautifully yes. made and like big pieces of chicken and, you know, like you can see what you're eating, but the flavors are there. It's like someone's grandma's recipe kind of tasting stuff, right? Yes. So, but I always got like the same couple of things. I love sag paneer. Tam loves, yeah, we would get chicken sog or lamb sog. Tam loves mm-hmm. the um, chicken tikka masala. Okay. I sometimes would get, they have this like grilled fish thing. Um, Ooh, I've never had that. Yeah, I, one time I ordered it on accident and I was like, I don't know what this is. But then they were just like, um, you know, oh, the order's been put in. And then I was like, oh, that's okay. If it's already, if you already started cooking it, like I'll, I'll just take it. No big deal. And it yeah. was delicious. And it was like done in masala spices and like grilled super hot. There were like char marks and it was, it was like mm. delicious. And I love their doll too. Do you get ooh, their doll? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think I liked doll. <laughs> well, it's funny cause it's, and I wonder if it's the difference between South and North too, because sometimes you'll get doll that's very thin. It's almost like a broth with like pieces of Okay, See, that's it. the doll I had had and didn't like. Yeah, it's weird, but their doll is like a thick, mm-hmm. and it's, I believe it's lentils, but there's also, I remember there being kidney beans in there, like different types of There's beans. more than just one kind of bean. I don't know exactly what's in it. I haven't gotten it in a really yeah. long time, but it, it's definitely thick. I'd eat it like with rice or with naan mm-hmm. or with a spoon, mm-hmm. and it, it's mm-hmm. super delicious, and they're, so I just good. think their food is seasoned really well. It was always delivered blazing hot, and the people delivering were like, Indian people that were the sweetest people ever because our, yeah, our apartment really is kind of tricky to find in the building. So, yeah, um, but they, you know, got to know us. <laughs> Aww. I know. <laughs> That's so funny. So we have the same joint and also I believe it's called Bombay kitchen on Pico, like further. It's more West LA, you know, Teddy's restaurant, yeah. like that weird restaurant. On the Teddy's cor- Cafe. It's just, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just past that. And that was one that one was a little bit more upscale. Okay. Um I think I can picture and, it just it it's like just east of Bundy. Yeah. That one's that one's really good too. Never been, but I'll put it on. My it's list. a little more elevated. It's not like it doesn't feel so mom and pop, but it's okay. it's good. I don't I don't even know if it's still there. It's been a minute. Hmm. But it, that one was almost it almost felt like California Indian it was it was like fresher more like herb forward and probably not quite as deeply seasoned I think that's the issue that I have with some I have two issues with some Indian food and this is just personal for me but sometimes the spice is is too much not not heat but just the amount of spice Mm -hmm. also because I'm a volume eater sometimes I'm like this doesn't work for a compulsive overeater because it's so spiced that I'm sick because it's just so much flavor where I'm like well if I was a normal eater and I just had like a couple scoops on like some rice I'm sure I would be fine but I ate like the whole port you know the whole dish of whatever they gave me and now I feel like I want to die that's one and then two I don't know if it's aniseed, but whatever the seeds are that taste like licorice, 
and I've I've been to a couple Indian places where they literally put it in everything. They put it in every dish. They put it in every naan, and I I, say I fennel, hate no. it. Yeah, it's probably fennel. I mean, just it's probably a fennel from, seed. Just from guessing. <laughs> no, you're right because I think I think a lot of Indian restaurants too they'll give you little fennel seeds to like Spray chew on. on and chew on, yeah. Um, and they'll give them to you after dinner, like as a way to freshen your your breath or whatever. I'm not into it, but um, I'm not into it. And so I, there's been a couple restaurants where I'm like, we can't go back because they're literally putting it in everything. Yeah, and it'll be one of those things where it's like, oh my god, this tastes so good, crunch. Oh, yes, I don't crunch like that. Done. Yeah. Yeah, and then that whole side of your mouth tastes like that. Um, yeah, I feel that way about what's the seed I don't like. It's you're not supposed oh, to eat. rye. No, it's not rye. You're it's one you're not supposed to eat. You're supposed to like pick them out. Oh, it's star anise. Oh. Like when a petal breaks off the stalk. Oh, it's like a little pod. no. That's so annoying. If you're not supposed to eat it, don't put it in my food. Right, or put it in a in a sachet that can be fished out, or yes. like something that's yes. sieved. And I get that it's yeah, super, like a bay leaf. Yeah, like you don't want to eat a bay leaf. Yeah, like. And there have been times where I have crunched down on a bay leaf and been like, what the fuck? And it like, mm-hmm. is like rough and cuts your mouth and is like horribly tasty. Like, yeah. ugh. It's, yeah. No. Yeah. But um, their whole conversation about like North India versus Southern India, like her and her friend, I can't remember. It's DJ something. Yeah. Super cute. So cute, right? It totally reminded me of um our, our friends in italy who they always talk about like oh the southern people they're so loud and they're so you know whatever and their <laughs> foods to this or that and then the southern people are always like the northern people oh everything's so heavy and meat and cheese and, yeah <laughs> but it's such like a it's such an oversimplification but i also like sure. never i mean when i'm eating indian food here it's kind of like you know, you don't go to a Northern Indian restaurant. You go to an Indian restaurant. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I mean, it, it made sense to me where she was saying like one of them and I forget which one is it Northern uses cream and Southern uses more coconut milk as a base. I can't remember. But... One, Yeah. One uses the cream. I can't remember, but also the other, like it's one is more spicy heat. And the other just right. like using the same spices, but minus all the heat. Yeah. Um, speaking of heat, I have to bring up when we were in Belfast, Northern Ireland, we went to what was supposed to be um, one of the best Indian restaurants in Belfast. Even the person at our hotel um, was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to love it. That's the best Indian place. Like, like celebrities go there. It's called New Delhi, but NU. Um, and it was like super colorful and i always think of indian food as super colorful anyway you know like the masala and the curries and turmeric and i mean it's like beautiful gorgeous food right yes but this place the food was like neon like the butter chicken was like me i I gotta see if i can find some pictures but we were like okay well maybe it's just like the style of indian food and we're just used to american indian food maybe we just don't like you know Irish English Indian food and, right and so we were with Liz and Jean um some of our most traveled travel buddies and mm-hmm. all four of us I mean Jean and I can eat 
pretty spicy and enjoy it. But yeah, I think that the only person that could actually eat a significant amount of her dish was Liz because she ordered something that was like very minimally spicy. And even that yeah. was still spicy. And like literally everything we had, no amount of mango lassi would calm that heat. And it was like, wow, insane. And it was like flavorful, but it was like, I can't, I, I can't get past the heat. And it's not, it's not like we asked for it spicy or anything, but we were right. like, are they just fucking with the Americans? Like, I don't know. And it was like, you know, Indian people in there. It wasn't like not, I wasn't questioning the authenticity of the food or anything like that. And, and we got pretty, pretty basic, um, classic Indian Right. Butter chicken, chicken tikka masala, right. sag paneer, we right. got pakoras, some samosas. Um, they had all the little chutneys, mint sauces, you know, all these things. <laughs> We're walking out. We see this white guy, an Irishman, I'm assuming. And he is like mm-hmm. beet red, has sweat through his shirt, has like unbuttoned it, has a towel <laughs> around him. And he's just he's putting committed. it down. He's eating by himself. And he's like a bigger guy. And we're like, oh my God, is he going to like... Is he gonna make it through this meal? Yeah. yeah, he did not look. Um, yeah, so there's that, like that kind of crazy spicy Indian food that made me scared to try Indian food in London. Mm-hmm. But then we did, and it was me, my mom, Tam, and her sister, and we went to Gymkhana, which mm-hmm. Tam found and was like, it's Indian food, but has one Michelin star. So we're like, cool. what kind of Indian food has, like, how does Indian yeah. food get a Michelin star? And I think the guy was saying it's like Northern Indian. It okay. it had some heat, but it was like very appropriate heat that Tam didn't even have a hard time with, but it was so flavorful and spicy mm. in like not heat, but spices spicy. Yeah. Yes. And yes. like dishes that like a mushroom biryani that came out in this big poofy thing and was like, everything was so flavorful and they had such thoughtfully crafted cocktails too, that Tam and her sister had and mocktails that me and my mother had, that me and my my mother and I had, (laughs) I have to correct myself. (laughs) And I mean, it was like the best Indian food I have probably ever have the service left a lot to be desired but we always say like the first michelin star is the food right yeah the second maybe service and food obviously right. but the third is the depth of the wine cellar right i don't know <laughs> you're like i don't know <laughs> like it, being a foodie it's all relative like i'm a foodie compared to a lot of people compared to you i'm not compared to you i'm like mcdonald's is good <laughs> so the last trip we took which was my last international trip of 2020 was in the end of february we went to london Mm -hmm. and we went to um paris and london same same four four top me tam my mom and tammy's sister it's really cute her sister and my mom are roomies for the the duration of the trip and it's it's super cute. Anyways, that is super cute. We wanted to go back to Jim Connor, but they had this horrible kitchen fire like oh, the month before. No. Yeah, and I mean these reservations. I mean the place is tiny, right? So it was already like yeah. hard to get into, and then throw a fire in. Well, then we found out they had a sister restaurant um, called Trishna, 
in a different mm. different neighborhood also won michelin star for like at nice. least five years i want to say it was awarded either in 2014 2015 something like that but totally different food same spices same kind of like you walk in smells like indian food smells amazing and it was totally different food from what i remember and i couldn't find a lot on their own website um just in preparing to talk about indian food today. yeah but from what i remember it was a lot more seafood it was like what they oh. called coastal but then i'm thinking about like the indian subcontinent and there's like like coastal doesn't really narrow it down too much no no but it was stuff that we had never seen or had before and we just like talked it out with our server who was like super cute and he was like a young guy that was very um he thought it was so interesting that these americans came to trishna because we love gymkhana too much and then couldn't get in there because of the fire that closed the restaurant which they're back open now mm -hmm. Oh, good. Um, yeah, they opened and are doing, you know, takeout and all the things that people have to do during the pandemic. But they were so sweet and helped us pick out like we like to do a lot of family style just so I can taste more different things. And, yeah, you know, all the things that make sense. And it was freaking amazing. And I would go back to either one of them, like 100 percent, mm. whichever I could get a reservation at the next time I'm in London, which we have a trip planned for January 2021, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It seems like other parts of the world are doing much better and other parts of America are doing much better than California. I saw that I follow a family on Instagram and they are house shopping in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And it was like normal. They were at a football game and there's just people just... Idaho. Sitting in... Utaho. Yeah. Yeah, in 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 Coeur d'Alene, whatever like the you know the hip spot is to live in Idaho, and I was like, holy shit, they're like living their lives. Man, I don't know. It feels like I it feels like everyone should be doing what we're doing, but maybe California is just we're just the worst, so we we're being punished. We're special. We're so special. Um, but can we talk about can we talk about some of the things they cooked during this episode? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to say, so the woman who was the actress, I'm going to forget her name. And then she, she sort of brought Indian cuisine sort of to America in the seventies, mm -hmm. early eighties. She had a cooking show. I actually think I have a book. I have a cookbook of hers somewhere in my house that I've never cooked from. Um, but I should. And yeah, so they made this like lovely chicken um, with like okay. the usual suspects, ginger, garlic, mm -hmm. you know, my, coriander, which my grandma does the whole add water to ginger. So it doesn't stick and burn thing. That was a really good trick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh, I've never done it didn't that. didn't occur to me that everybody doesn't do that. Well, I usually start with like onion mm -hmm. in some kind of fat and then I add garlic and ginger. And so by that point I sort of, I have like the sort of water from the onion like it's already sort of a there's enough going on in the pan right that i don't have to worry about that yeah but um so she made this lovely chicken and i was just watching so it's like drumsticks and first of all i was like were those skinless drumsticks but with the bone in which was just so unusual like i don't see that's not something you see agreed and then 
they were eating a drumstick with a knife and a fork. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Or the, what the fuck? What is her name? God, that's gonna. I know. I can't remember. Um, I should have written it down. She, I'm just trying to find Is it, it. like Lampour or something? Something beautiful. Oh, and she's beautiful. She is beautiful. They're both beautiful. And you're watching them eat chicken. And, and then it was funny because then at the end of the episode, you see Padma with like her, her like Indian crew. Mm-hmm. And they were all completely like licking their fingers and eating with their hands, yeah. which is what I like to do. Yeah. I'm a big hand, hand eater. Same. But that, that cracked me up. And then yes, Padma's spice drawer. Again, like oh my god, I felt shame. I felt shamed in many points of this uh, this episode. First of all, I've never had a dosa. What? I know you've had crepes, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's like sure. savory rice lentil crepe. It's delicious, and you would like it a lot. But they, but the super crunchy that that crunch. I'm like, how do they get it that crunchy? So the only ones I've ever had. Um, were more like what she was making with her daughter in the beginning, yeah. where it's like a soft, pliable thing, not a yeah. um, filled, crunchy thing. Yeah, and I've seen those, and I've seen them like they sometimes they're really, really big, mm-hmm. like they're like two feet long. Yeah, and they're crunchy. So I feel like Never it's just. Um, I think it's just like you know how at various places um, they'll like kind of griddle finish your burrito yeah kind of that, that kind it's of like that I'm, I'm guessing i don't know, I don't know. It, it looks so evenly done that i'm almost like it almost looks like it's like a fried situation but i honestly don't know but anyways yeah looking at padma's spice drawer i was like i'm just a junk person you know like my i have a cabinet and you know I'm sure there's many things in there that are expired. See, we were not very well Mari. organized. We recently conmarried, so I only because of that I know that there aren't many things that are expired. Yeah. At least not very recently expired. Um, but I kind of got those little have you seen those little um they're like clear little acrylic rectangular trays? So we have like yes. a the, the yes. cabinet size doesn't allow for normal spice um, organizers, mm-hmm. and um, I can't, I can't have that kind of counter space devoted to a spice rack or anything. So right, right. I got a couple of those and organized my spices by use. So like the things I use the most are in the rectangle that's right in front. And then I can like move about 10 bottles at a time moving those rectangles. Smart. So then that way. Smart. But it's like an organizational method that only makes sense to me. Like Tam can't find anything. Got it. Because she doesn't go. Got it. You know? Yeah. And there's like one part might make sense to someone else just because that's more like the the baking spices and warm spices. And then like my my extracts are also in there. Vanilla and almond are ones I keep on hand. Yeah. But the rest of it, like the the organization is purely based on how often I, Tiffany, will use this particular spice. Right. And that makes sense. You're the the cook. You're the cook in the family. It makes sense to me. Um, also, can we just like acknowledge how fucking adorable the baby walk is that they use to bloom the spices? 
So cute. There's so many cute little dishes happening in this episode and like spoons and And their little tasting teacups and little dishes like to taste the soup with. And do we think those are just things that she owns or do we think a stylist came in and was like, we're going to use this and this and this? Um, No, I think those are things that live in her house. I think you're right. Which again, because some people are just better than others. Padma's just better than us. She's just better. Oh, man. She's sexier. Oh, and then how about her outdoor space? Holy shit. That's beautiful. I mean, because she lives in Manhattan, right? Yeah, I think so. And they have that, like, rooftop outdoor space. I mean, you see a couple of um, water tanks in the background. So I I was like, that's got to be rooftop. And then they do one wide shot where it shows to street. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, she's made, you know, she's made her own career, but I, I Wikipedia would her because I was not sure how many children she had. And I was curious for some reason, just one, just Krishna, just, just Krishna, the one daughter. Yeah. And, but Krishna's dad is the brother of, of, uh, Dell computers, the guy that, <laughs> so there's just success everywhere. So that's dad. And then her dad, and then her father, Padma's father is works for Pfizer. He's like a pharmaceutical like developer or like something very fancy with Pfizer. And her mom is a gynecologist. And her mom, how about her mom and how she came to America? And like, I know that's fucking, I know it makes me cry every time. uh, It's just this family. I'm just like, (sighs) they're just awesome. (laughs) Well, especially like the part where like her mom cries because she's feeling so much gratitude for her parents who Mm -hmm. took care of Padma because her mom had to come from India to America without Padma. She needed to come and sort of get her shit together and figure out what she was doing. And then she got Padma and I think it was maybe two years or something or 18 months. And she was crying saying like, my parents took care of you in that time. And Padma says, that's what parents do. And I thought, not a lot of parents do that. I mean, like, a lot of parents do, but a lot of parents don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Just because you have parents doesn't mean they show up <laughs> for you. Which is funny because she doesn't really talk about her dad. I know. It was very interesting. Well, I wish I know her mom said, right, there was problems in the marriage. I don't know what that means. Yeah, and it's so, about, I mean. But I wonder if he came to America, too. I mean, if he's working for Pfizer, I don't know. I don't know how Pfizer works. Yeah, I'm not sure. But she's a complicated, she's a complex woman. She's awesome. But I like her. I like her a lot. Um, we should get to scrummy or crummy. Let's do it. <laughs> but but before we do, just so guys that are listening, please let us know. I want to know your opinions on Indian food, what you like, what you don't like, if you have any favorite recipes. We are down to make them, I, down to try them. I honestly thought you were saying just guys. For oh, no, girls too. Or non-binary <laughs> people. I say that all the time. Folks with an X. I say you guys, but in that particular I situation, know. I don't know why. I was like, oh, she's going to ask the men something. <laughs> I think it's something in our generation. I say guys like I say cool and Same. like. Guys has no gender. Same. Okay. For me. Yeah. So, um, scrummy versus crummy, cool whip versus whipped cream. It's not the same. I mean, I, I say both, but I'm not a cool whip hater. And I know some people are like, 
hate it and think it's terrible. And it's, I mean, it's, it's whipped soybean oil. It's got it sugar, place. which is disgusting. It's got its place some places. And here's the thing. I used to use Cool Whip as back when I wasn't allergic to bananas. I made this banana pudding that I mm. lived in Charlotte. My cousin made it. And, you you know, really classic Nilla wafers making um, the not instant, but the stovetop pudding. But instead of milk, yeah. using heavy cream. And, oh my God. and the layer of, quote, whipped cream was Cool Whip. And part of that was because it could hang out and not be stable. Yeah. And I thought it was delicious. It was fine. But one of the things that we used in food styling for whipped cream stand-in was Cool Whip because it will not change. It can sit in the heat. It can sit in the cold. It can sit for hours and it will look the same. Yeah. It's a Twinkie. It's it's a Twinkie. It's the Twinkie of the whipped topping world. Yes. That said, yes. I don't hate how it tastes, but knowing that it's like so arguably indestructible is a big turnoff for me. Yeah. I don't know. There's also I nothing mean, like fresh whipped cream, though. Like Fresh me, whipped cream is amazing. Show me one person that would rather have like a summer strawberry dipped in Cool Whip than like fresh vanilla whipped cream. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just it's just about are you willing to do the, in, in whipped cream, it's like, it's hard and it's not hard at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there's the fear factor of like, will it whip or like, you know, if you don't have the right, like, you know, bowl that's been chilled or, you know, the bowl has some sort of residue in it that you don't know about. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's not whipping and you don't know why. So or like one, there's a one little... wire on your whisk has some other oil and then it gets some, yeah, yeah all those things. Yeah, so it's like it's simple, but it's also fussy. Or do it's you a, leave it on on your or you can, mixer and then forget because you're doing something and then you make butter, you make butter, and that was all your heavy cream, and you're fucked yep. now and have vanilla butter. Yep. yep. Oh. So I don't know. That's pretty, that's pretty much all I have to say about Cool Whip versus whipped cream. I like them both. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I'm curious if if our listeners have strong feelings. I think if I don't have to make it and if I'm eating it right away, it's like a non-decision. It's like whipped cream hundred percent. Yeah. But if I'm given cool whip and it, you know, it, it comes on a dessert and I don't think too much about it and don't, I mean, I'm not going to like flick it off and be like, Ugh, inferior oil you know, whip topping. One of my favorite ways to have whipped cream is on ice cream, which just always kind of cracks me up. Cause I'm like, it's really just cream two ways, mm-hmm. but there's something about the temper, the temperature mm-hmm. differential and the texture that it's just so perfect. I do not enjoy having caramel butter or scotch or hot fudge if on my ice cream, if there is no whipped cream, I learned that the Interesting. hard way. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you just need that other component the for other. It to sort of all work. I need the other and I need it all in my mouth at the same time. And what about a nut? Oh, I'll go chopped almonds all the way. I'll I'll even venture so far as to say I will take chopped peanuts any day, but I do not want walnuts in my ice cream. Oh, okay. See, I I will. I will happily have a walnut. Although sometimes you do get a walnut kind of similar to like the star anise where it's like you'll get one and it's like rancid or something bad happens. (laughs) It's like rancid or bitter or and then it's like your whole mouth is fucked. 
I yeah, think there's I like a want... certain type of black walnut that is very, very strong, and some people love it. It's very divisive. I think I also there's a want bitterness. more crunch than most walnuts give because I think they're just higher That's in true. fat. Fat, yeah. I love the flavor. Don't get me wrong. I love walnuts as a thing. I love walnuts and cookies yeah. and brownies. Um, it has a time and a place. It's just not in my Sundays. Pecans would be good too. Oh yeah, I'd be down for a toasted. See, pecan. I don't know about this. See that the, the my crunch thing doesn't work for that. I, I, I know it's not as good that. with the crunch. I love pecans. Those are my favorite nut. What's your favorite nut? Oh, I almost want to say peanut just for its versatility, but that's like yeah. saying potatoes your favorite vegetable, right? Like, right. It's kind of a cop out. If I'm just eating the nut, I I think it's pistachio. Okay. Okay. As far as ice creams go, gelatos, I almost always will taste the pistachio. Mmm. And then... I like how you say pistachio. Pistachio? Yeah, that's how I say it. But I'm from Michigan, where all your A's are just real developed. A? Pistachio. Pistachio. Yeah. Um, but then we'll say pecan. We won't say pecan. Oh. Well, then that rule so. doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Wait, am I the fanny? And, and we don't say roof, we say roof. <laughs> she went up on the roof. Oh man, that's pretty funny. <laughs> nothing makes nothing makes any sense. That's okay. All right, I'm gonna check. Well, we're at an hour. Look at us. Tell me about But you know you, you know what? We just like to talk a lot. We have a lot to say. I know. I know we're cruising through though. We're, we're, we're getting up to the making challenge here. Um, my making challenge is, is fall related. It is, it is fall, but fuck pumpkin. Cause everything's pumpkin right now. I'm just over it. I'm ready to start a new trend. And my new trend is anything but pumpkin. Have you been to Trader so, Joe's? Cause all the pumpkin stuff is out already. Well, I'm sure I, I haven't because again, with the still quarantine, still high rate of infection, I try to only go to one store a week. And so I haven't been to Trader Joe's in the last few weeks because I will go, but I usually end up only going once a month to get like my Trader Joe's staples. So I actually haven't gone and seen it myself either, but I have enough friends um, that work at Trader Joe's that there's been enough postings on my Instagram feed that I know that all the pumpkin stuff's out. Nice. I've seen a lot of signs. Oh my gourd. It's pumpkin time. Oh my gourd. Yeah. So pumpkin's back. Yeah. Well, we're not making anything pumpkin. We're actually going to make maple frosted apple blondies. That sounds so good. And it's just your basic blondie recipe. And then it's infused with apples two ways, an apple Ooh. butter and then also a chopped apple. And if you can't find, when I post the recipe, um, I'm going to post my own homemade applesauce, which will totally work for the apple butter um, because I like to make my my applesauce is like the most basic thing in the world. And I usually do it in the crock pot and it's literally just chopped apples, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of salt and a little bit of lemon juice. And I don't even add sugar. Sometimes when oh. I taste it at the very end, it depends on the apple. What you know, kind of it just depends. Are you using? Um, well, I'm going to, I'm making it this week. And I think what I have in the house right now is I have some granny Smith's and I have some honey crisp. Oh, Okay. I just I just go with whatever I have in the house. I know some things break down easier than others, but I just use the immersion blender at the end. Do you peel them? To, 
I don't peel them because there's lots of vitamins mm-hmm. in the peel and it also makes it a pretty color. I was wondering though, mixing the, the greens and everything, but I mean, I guess it comes out kind of brown anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've never done it all Granny Smith, so I can't tell you what that looks like. Usually I just add in like one or two just to add that extra zingness. The zing, yes. And so I just cook that down and then immersion blender it and it's nice and thick. And most times I don't have to add any sugar. And if I do, it's literally like a quarter cup and I'll do like a dark dark brown sugar. So it's got that nice molassesy. So is your applesauce like the consistency? Like when I think of an apple butter, it's much thicker than when I think of like, but I'm thinking of like a Mott's applesauce. Like yeah, no, the applesauce that I make, because I don't add any water to it at all. Like mm-hmm. I'll maybe add literally like a tablespoon or something. To get it going. Um, just so they don't, yeah, just so they don't stick and to get it going. But especially in the crock pot, because it's so low and slow, yeah. it's not going to stick. And then the, the taste is just much more intensified. And you don't have to like, I'll, I was looking up some apple butter recipes. Because at first I was like, I'm going to make these this week for... Um, this is so sweet. So Ian's first grade teacher, she also um, owns a business that was like a homework, like an after school homework slash tutoring club slash sort of like an aftercare program for parents that have to work full time. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's considered a daycare, she's allowed to be open. So she oh. for free, for free, she's teaching her first grade students who want to come? She said like some of them, the parents, you know, don't feel okay. And that's totally fine. But they're, but about, I would say two thirds of her class is actually coming and she hired teachers out of her own pocket to help teach these kids. That's Incredible. She's a saint. She is a saint. She's like, a, she's an actual angel. And I knew this when Ian was her teacher and we became friends. And so when I found this out, I was like, okay, we're going to bake you guys some things and, and bring them. So I'm going to make these this week. And so for simplicity's sake, I was like, I'll probably just buy the apple butter. But then I went to the store and there was no apple butter. So, and this might happen to you guys. So if you, if you don't, if you find a prepared apple butter, you can totally use it, but I'll throw up the recipe um, for my apple slaw- sauce slash apple butter. And you can do it if you want to. Cause I, I really like that. It's lower in sugar because I saw some recipes that were literally calling for like a cup of sugar. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it does not need that much sugar. Yeah. Especially especially if you're putting it into a blondie that has yeah, sugar and then you're say, putting a sugar frosting on top. I was going to say, especially um, as a component of a dessert that's going <laughs> to have sugar. Yeah. Well, and normally when I make my applesauce, I'll do it for like Thanksgiving and we, I want to eat it. Like it's sort of like an, a, uh, like a, a compliment to like the cranberry sauce or whatever. So you eat it with the turkey, you eat it with the stuffing, or I'll make it with pork. Okay. So I don't really want it to be like super sweet. It's just more like it's just a contrast to like a savory dish. That sounds so. amazing. And just the the maple glaze is that like yes. Do you make it into a frosting or is it? Yep. Ooh. Yep. It's. It's um, it's maple syrup, butter, a little bit of cream, and confectioner's sugar, which just basically helps it set up. That sounds so good. So yeah, I mean, these are not diet. These are not. These are these are the real deal. But it's just a fun thing to make. Definitely fall for fall. Yeah. Very fall. And there's apples in it. And that's a fruit serving. 
and that's a fruit serving. And, you know, I, I use organic sugar and organic flour and it's practically salad, carry gold butter, grass fed butter. You know, this is my thing though, especially with kids is I'm like, you know, and my kids got a sweet tooth just like I do, but I really encourage him, you know, I'm like, let's make it. Yeah. If you want yeah. to have chocolate cake, let's make some cake. And then we know exactly what goes into it. It's fresh. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no chemicals or weird shit in it. There's no corn syrup in it. Um, and then we've gone through the effort of making it. And what's interesting is like he eats one or two pieces. And then a lot of times it just sits there. But I feel like if we went to the store and I got him something super duper processed, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that you feel like you you want all the time, yeah. you know, and I don't know what that is, yeah. if it's some sort of chemical reaction we have in our body or what. But I definitely, as a mom, I see when he and I make stuff at home, you know, as opposed to like getting him a candy bar. Right, right, and then it's right. Like, the next time we go to the store, he wants that candy bar again, and then he wants it again, and he wants it again. Like, so I just, I'm, I'm a mean mom that way. I'm always like, we'll make it. <laughs> I actually think that. You want chocolate? Let's make something. That's awesome, though. And then it's, yeah. it's still, it's not, uh, what's it called when you just don't get to have it at all? Yeah. And I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not like, here's some carob. Yeah. Know? Cause that's like, bullshit. It's, it's that's real not stuff. chocolate. But I will say like in a lot of recipes, I can easily sub maple syrup or coconut sugar for like refined sugar. And then I, I you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I'm sure we're going to find out in 10 years that coconut sugar is exactly the same as, as brown sugar. And it's certainly the same amount of calories and the same amount of sugar, but there can be an argument of like, well, it's less refined or um, the glycemic index might be a little bit better. Um, so I don't know about do any all, of that, but it's that delicious. <laughs> well, another thing we do is we get the Lily's um, chocolate chips and now they have white chocolate chips and those are stevia sweetened. So those are actually sugar free and he loves those. So it's just sort of picking and choosing, you know, it's like, I don't want to make it so healthy that it doesn't taste good, but whenever I can sort of sneak something in there, well, plus you're um, not, then I feel better. I mean, you're again, it's, it's in your, it's in your wheelhouse. It's in your comfort zone. So it's, you're making it still a delicious thing. It's not like a punishment. Right. Right. And oh my God, this can be another science day. Well, yeah. And when you make things yourself, like for example, we're making these donuts, the, the dough in the donuts, all it has is a quarter cup of sugar and it's, it makes like 12 donuts. So I'm like, that's not, you know, is that, so as a, as, as a parent or whatever, as a person, even that just wants to consume it, when you actually start making like a lot of pastries, there's not that much sugar. Like I'm Mm -hmm. trying to think like, like French pastries that have like a little bit of like apricot jam in the middle and they're sprinkled with powdered sugar. I think it's like, I mean, there's carbs in it, but it's not like eating a candy bar. It's, it's not, there's actually not that much sugar in it, but we, I feel like as Americans, we put everything into the same category and it's Mm -hmm. not like, that's like eating a beautiful French pastry that's fresh. Or like, maybe you made it yourself, which is like, that's a workout in and of itself. That's not the same as sitting down and eating a bowl of candy corn. Right. Yeah. Or just a bowl of sugar. (laughs) Or just a bowl of sugar or like a box of Frosted Flakes. Oh, I love Frosted Flakes. I do too, but there's definitely the cutting the roof of your mouth thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to get it to where like the milk soaks the flakes. It's a little bit. Just enough. It's that perfect, perfect part before soggy. 
my dad used to always get cornflakes and never let us get frosted flakes, but then he would like either add the sugar, add sugar. <laughs> or get those just the clusters that Quaker made that was like, mm. and I never understood why he didn't just buy honey bunches of oats. I think it was just like on principle. He's like, no, cornflakes is better, but it's like the most boring cereal. So he always added really shit to funny. it. He was like DIYing his honey bunches of right. oats. <laughs> Well, we get like, so Ian loves honey bunches of oats and then I'll get the Trader Joe's version, which is less sugar. And I'm like, look at me. And then I come in and he's pouring honey um, over the Trader Joe's honey bunches. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it does not taste the same. Same with Trader Joe's version of um, frosted shredded wheat. Okay. Because I went through a phase until okay. I ate so much that I like almost shit myself one day. <laughs> <That was> terrible. <laughs> Must get home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it was sitting in traffic, actually. What can I eat? Oh, looked over oh. at my groceries and there was a whole brand new box of frosted mini shredded wheat squares or whatever they call them. It's like the frosted mini wheats. And I yeah. ate almost the entire box <laughs> in the time it took oh me to come out. I would just like to point out that my commute at that time was maybe 40 minutes. It wasn't like... Wow, it didn't take long. It didn't take long. It at did all. not. I was thirsty. That's like when I learned. <laughs> I learned that dried mango was not good for Ian because he had dried mango and I think he ate like a whole package one day. We went to your house and there's actually a picture of butter sniffing his diaper. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know what was in it. And then, like, we went to go and I think I, as we were leaving your place, I was like, okay, it smells like it's time. And so I just went to change him in the back of the car. And that was like top three worst diapers. Oh, no. And I was just so, I was just so grateful that you weren't there because I was like, oh, Tiffany, no. you would have definitely thrown up. Cause I would have, I almost threw up. And it was like, when it's your own kid's poop, it's different. Like you just don't, you know, but I was like, I'm so glad Tiffany's not here right now because. And I'm the worst with like. Up. Like if we walk by a bad homeless poop on the, on the sidewalk or like, yeah, or when you can tell like somebody was jogging and their dog had a bellyache and they didn't stop. Yeah. And there's like plops of really gross. Oh, I I like straight up gag and Tam's like, go the other way, go the other way. Don't come over here. (laughs) Speaking of that, my, my dogs got into the white chocolate chips this Luckily, they had, they have stevia and erythritol, which is not the bad one. The bad one is xylitol for dogs. But they both, well, I guess, I think what happened, because I saw, I physically saw a peanut like licking his lips. And then I found the bag that Ian was trying to hide from us. But the whole inside of the bag was very wet. So somebody had spent a significant amount of time in that bag. And I think it was Rocky because the next day, so I've never seen him have like full on diarrhea but like this was the worst I've ever seen. And what was so funny slash sad was we went, we were going for our regular walk and he kept stopping like he was going to poop and then he wouldn't. And so it must've oh, felt like mom, mom, <laughs> something's mom. happening. <laughs> exactly. Something's this happening. is coming out hot. I don't know what's happening, but like he, and then he finally went and I was like, Oh my gosh, that was like half of his body weight. <laughs> it's just like, in case wow. anyone was, eating too much you're welcome i know sorry (laughs) sorry trigger warning dog diarrhea and and human diarrhea (laughs) all right do you do you have a last morsel 
on that note. Speaking of poop, uh, <sighs> no, I my last morsel. I do have a last morsel. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. Um, my last morsel is this snack called Love Corn. Have you seen it? At- no, but it doesn't have anything to do with corn poop, right? No, no it doesn't. But of course, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Me too. Okay. I'm trying to make sure we were thinking the same thing. Okay. Love. Okay. Love, comma, corn. So it's love corn, like corn's writing you a love letter. And it's Aww, so cute because their little like slogan, it's like um, the package says love corn. And then P.S. We're crunchy. We're delicious. And then up Aww. by where you like tear the package because it's like a resealable. Um, it says P.P.S. Open here. And it makes me chuckle every time. Anyways. Yeah. If you like corn nuts. I don't know. I do. I don't know if we've talked about this. I um, at, at school, we had a history teacher who banned corn nuts from his class because we ate that is too funny and it was just probably loud just like loud he hated the smell because our vending machine only had the it was like corn nuts like the the ranch one in the blue package and um yeah he's like it makes the whole room stink and it's constantly crunch interrupting him and all this shit right so this love corn i've been on like a corn nut kick because the only ingredients, so the flavors I've tried are sea salt, um, smoked barbecue, and habanero chili. And I mm. think they also have a salt and vinegar, which I interesting. I would totally be down to try. I'm not the biggest yes. fan of salt and vinegar. I do have to be in the mood, like if it comes up. Small doses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's corn nuts, so it's not like I'm eating the whole bag, although that's happened. Um, so... If you look at the ingredients, though, it's literally like non-GMO corn, sunflower oil, salt. Nice. And the barbecue nice. one, I think, is like paprika, something. Else. Right. Onion, salt, you know. And the habanero chili one is like corn, sunflower oil, habanero chili, salt. Where do you find these? At the Whole Food? Um, I initially found them at the Whole Food. And then saw that they were on sale at the 365. And then if you go to their website, and I'll totally um, do a link to them and all that jazz, because I know they have an Instagram. <laughs> I was going to say, they probably have an Instagram. But um, it is, it's like crunchy, delicious. They're resealable bags that are perfect. They're like, I've never had a bad, you know how like sometimes with the, the old school, like filled with all these ingredients you couldn't pronounce corn nuts. Yes. You would sometimes yes. get one that was like hard as a rock. Yes. Okay. So that hasn't happened yet. Nice. I've maybe eaten a dozen or so bags in the last month. We've only very recently discovered these. Um, and there also hasn't been, which was kind of a love it and hate it thing, but that clump of like flavor powder. They're yes. all very like evenly. And it's like, I eat it till the bag has no crumbs. It's like mm. so good. And I've thought about putting it on salad. I've thought about putting it on various things. Inevitably, I just end up eating it, you know, as a snack. You know what I would do with it? So I am a Chex Mix whore. And every Christmas I do make my own, but I usually only make my own like at that time of year. Mm-hmm. 
but then I eat, but I eat it all year round. So I start with the bag and I like the bold because the bold is just more flavor. Cause it's the best. Yeah. Cause it's the best. And then I take a bag of that and I mix it with a small bag of the Snyder's, um, onion, honey, mustard, honey mustard onion chunk pieces. Yes. The, oh my God. Yeah. Best. So I put those in and then I add a bunch of mixed nuts and then I would add those corn. I would add love corn. Those would be amazing. And if you wanted a spicy cake, the habanero chili would be amazing. If you didn't, the smoked barbecue would also be an amazing addition to that. Yes. Can I just say, since you said bold Chex Mix and that was my go-to yeah. like Hudson News pre-flight purchase. Ooh, yes. And Tam would always, if they had it, so I would buy that if they did not have the Gardettos, just the rye chips. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, it's all about the rye chips. Tam found a giant bag of the Gardettos, just the rye chips. Ooh. I'm not going to wear but she bought them and we are ready for our road trip. Oh, they're so good. And I always pick out the pretzels and the weird little breadsticks and I just don't even eat those. Yeah. Cause I don't care. who cares? Who but cares? The rye chips. The rye chips are so good, and I like the checks. I like the cereal. I like the check cereal. I like the wheat checks and the corn oh checks. And when like I do my checks. own, I do rice checks too. So for the longest time, I didn't realize that there were different kinds of checks. Really, I didn't. Grow up what did you I think? There was just one. Slightly different. Colors. What did you think? Just corn? Oh, just different colors. Yeah, I just thought they were the same thing, but slightly different colors. I didn't. I don't think I also ever just ate one. You know what I mean? I kind of just yeah. ate them in handfuls. <laughs> See, I grew up with Chex. We ate them as cereal and then always Chex mix. <laughs> I grew up like with big... fucking cornflakes. <laughs> just cornflakes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so what's your last morsel? <sighs> my last morsel is not food again. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but um, my last morsel is Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you love her because as much as people love to hate her, I really just think she's super talented and like, I love how she's like, fuck the mainstream. I don't know like why anybody would hate her. I guess I haven't heard the argument for hating her. Maybe because I'm too old because I'm like 44 and she's like 20, I think now. Maybe not even. I think she might be 19. Um, So we all know Billie Eilish, right? And um I've known of her now for a couple years and it was like, I heard of her and then I listened to like bad guy and I was like, I'm into it. And then, um, this was, and then I, I've been teaching spin for a couple years. So I would like just keep going back to her on Apple music and I would find whatever sort of had like the poppiest beat. Cause I'd be like, I can do that because I mean, I immediately fell in love with her voice, mm-hmm. but, um, but late just in the last probably like week. So th- I've ha- been having trouble sleeping been having really weird fucked up dreams and been waking up in the middle of the night or just not being able to get to sleep. Like sleep has just been a thing. Maybe I need my pot gummies back because I still haven't done any of those. But um, I, I like stayed up till one o'clock in the morning one night, just listening to her. Just like deep dive, like went down the YouTube rabbit hole, listening to like live. And, and even though I knew it, like it really came like home for me that her music, that is her and her brother, and yeah. they were totally homeschooled. And so it goes, so it goes along with my whole, like, keep them at home, <laughs> let them be free. Let the children be free. 
So it's just really inspiring to me and really kind of amazing what they've created. And now her brother is a beautiful musician in his own right. Yeah. And like has produced almost everything she's done as if I'm not wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, yeah, he's been, he's produced stuff like solo, but I was, yeah, I was just like listening. So now I've just been like on Apple music, just, I put her in artist and I just press play and I was, I had it up. So I was like looking at the lyrics, the lyrics are amazing. And then after each song, it's like written by Billy and Phineas written Mm -hmm. by, and I'm like, that is just incredible to me for how young they are. And there's just, there's just a lot of there there. And so I just encourage and she's Anyone? younger, right? The brother's older. Phineas? Yeah, he's he, yeah. I think he's like a couple, couple, maybe two or three. I mean, yeah, years older. still significantly younger than us, but yeah. And her voice is just so amazing, and um, and she really like she's not precious at all. Like a lot yeah. of the live music, like her live performances, she'll literally start laughing in the middle. Or like her voice will crack and she'll just start laughing. Like she's not trying to cover it up mm-hmm. or pretend to be anything that she's not. Yeah. Which I feel like is so, I feel like it's rare for anyone, but for somebody so young to be so like, this is who I am and I'm owning it. But in like that not kind in of an industry. Way. In that kind of industry too. It's like so rare. It's just incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I love that she like, you know, she's not, um, trying to sell herself in any sort of a stereotypical pop star way that you would think with like wearing as little clothes as right. possible Which or is, like people are what do you like, want me to look like and how do you she's like I'm going to dress exactly how I want I'm going to do my hair exactly how I want I'm going to talk exactly how I want yeah. and like take it or leave it so I don't know it's like I feel like and I could be wrong but it feels like to me there's not an ambition for her to get as big as possible right I think she I think she loves music they're making the music they love i um saw a short interview um with both of them and Mm -hmm. this i don't remember what the prompt was or what the question was but phineas was saying you know i was making this music and um one day you know and this was like you know before they blew up and everything and he's Mm -hmm. like and billy sang it and it was just better and for like wow. an older brother who's like trying to do his own thing to recognize that and have like so little ego in play, ego. it's like they're they're just like who they are, you know. I I'm yeah. a fan of it. That's a really good point. So, what do the haters say? I'm curious. Oh, just like body shaming her because she doesn't wear tight clothes and like. Oh. Saying that she all all her songs sound the same and that oh. she can't actually sing and that I'm like, oh no, it's you know haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Well, it, it was interesting. One of the things I I found like a YouTube video that she did for Glamour magazine where they um they found YouTube videos of people covering her songs mm-hmm. and she was listening to them and that was the other cool thing is like more than once she was like that person like does this song so much better than I could ever do it so like even though I think she's got a beautiful voice and I think she's got control and pitch and all the things but like I could I saw her as a musician recognizing like yeah their pitch is incredible their vibrato the amount of control that they have and even though I think she has all those things like I got it I got what she was saying yeah you know and it's just Um, they're humble they're they're definitely I don't know I I 
also, I don't know them, you know, I've seen like a handful of interviews. I mean, obviously I don't actually know them, but it just seems like good people. I just want more of that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say is like, definitely, um, I have a feeling the family is more connected and I don't think they're trying to hide it or anything, but I was like reading and like the mom was like an actress and like made a film and the dad's a musician. And so I was like, I'm sure. And they grew up in LA. So I'm like, you know, it might've been two degrees easier for them to like get the connections, you know, cause it, cause you can read the story in a very shallow way. And it's, and what it feels like is it feels like these two kids in their bedroom laid down some tracks on SoundCloud and Interscope Records listened to it and they got signed. And it's like, well, they probably, and also like I found, I found clips of her like in 2017, you know, um, playing some of the songs on her first album that, you know, later blew up and, you know, and she's just like in a, in a club, like a small club, but you could tell they sort of had like a cult following and everybody knew the words and everything. So, you know, it wasn't exactly an overnight well, I think, thing, but. I think that just because an opportunity may have been more accessible to them doesn't take away from the talent and hard work that's gone into what has become a massive success. Yeah. Well, and in an age too, and it's been like this for decades where a lot of the pop that we get in America is, is some sort of sound engineer mm-hmm. at a big label auditioning people and then putting them for together. Specific and like, Here's yeah. some music. Yeah. yeah. Which like no shade, like good music is good music in my opinion. Yeah. But then to hear a story like this, I just think it's super dope and inspiring. And so awesome. she's my last morsel. I love it. Yeah. Those were some tasty morsels. Yeah. So all right. That's it. I think I think we uh I think we're right there. Is this the, the longest one? I don't know. It's the longest No, one. it's not. It's one thirty two. One thirty seven's our longest. <laughs> so, so but but with that, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find us at eating too much pod on Instagram. I've been thinking about maybe locking down a Gmail. I'll look at, I love it. I'll look into it. I I've had many thoughts. I have, I'm having that thought. And also like, it would be kind of fun to investigate, like having a phone number where people can call with questions or funny tidbits or funny tidbits or whatever. We'll yeah. brainstorm and get back to y'all. Yeah, Why we'll probably start with the Gmail. What did I do? This? Let's start. We'll start with the Gmail because we're not Gmail. having to like cut cut in people talking. That's advanced. Less editing. We were. That'll be that'll be twenty twenty one. Almost no tech issues today. No, not yet. So close, so close. All right, love you. I love you too. Everybody, keep eating too much. Bye bye bye. <laughs>